Good morning and welcome to the Environmental Echo, the podcast by PW Grocer Consulting. I'm your host, Paul Boyce, CEO and President of PW Grocer. And today, uh, for a first, we, we have a uh, New York State Senator with us for uh, to, 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 to grace us with his time. You know, the, I know you guys are always busy with uh, legislation and, and helping run the state. We have Mario Matera from the 2nd District here in Long Island, which, uh, you know, Mario, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And PW uh, Grocer, and I got our Charlie here. This is very, oh, very yeah. uh, exciting. A lot of years with Charlie, and I really, really appreciate his time and his expertise. What he, you know, what he's done over the years to protect uh, Long Island, um, you know, from uh, harm's way. Thank you, Mario. Yeah. It's been a pleasure being affiliated with. It's you. always great having Charlie, who is one of our senior VPs and our was associated with our engineering department, still is, but he's heads up our business development uh, efforts these days. But um, just before we get into the show, I just want to let our listeners know, um, if you guys want to reach us, the best way to get a hold of us is through our website, and that is www.pwgrocer.com backslash podcast. And again, if you have questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, ideas, um, ideas for guests or future topics, please reach out to us. We do our best to get back to everybody in a, in a quick and responsive manner, and the best way to do that is through our, our, our website. Um, but uh, back to our guest today, um, Senator Matera was, uh, was elected in November 2020 uh, to represent, as I said, the second Senate district here on Long Island. Uh, and since then, he's been working tirelessly to address issues impacting his district and, and the region and, and probably the state as overall. Um, prior to his tenure as a senator, Mario was the leader of the Plumbers Union, Local Union Number 200 for more than 39 years, um, which, wow, that's... Uh, Actually, now <laughs> it's 41 years. Woof. 41 wow. years, yes, and still actually I'm still a union uh, rep also too, believe it or not. Um, but really uh, being the state senator has been very interesting times for me this last over a year and a half. I'm sure it has. Uh, I, I've just corrected my notes. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, and to ensure, a better, to ensure that all have a better quality of life, he's dedicated himself to helping lo- local organizations, and he served as a board member to, uh, on the St. Catharines Hospital Health and Wellness Advisory Board, uh, the Suffolk County Water Authority, the Community Association of Greater St. James, and the Smithtown Advisory Board for New Construction Projects. That's quite a bit of involvement. I'm, I'm ver- very glad to hear this. It's all germane to what we want to talk about today. Uh, he's also an advocate for improving the environment, infrastructure, affordability, diversity, and support of small businesses and recovery from the pandemic. His successes include helping to secure millions in state funding for sewers, which, uh, again, uh, <laughs> terrific, in the Smithtown, Kings Park, and St. James Business Districts, which help protect the environment and enhance the economy. Um, Senator Matea lives in St. James with his wife, Terry, and his daughters, Jessica and Jamie. Yes. Uh, terrific. Uh, well, welcome to the show today, Senator. Oh, well, I appreciate it so much. And, you know, to protect our environment is, is important to all of us. Um, you know, one of the boards that was my premier board was the Suffolk County Water Authority. Um, I was on that board approximately seven years. And Charlie and Leslie, you know that all the time. We had, you know, a lot of discussions and... Uh, you know, the problem with the PFOS and the PFOAs and the 1,4-dioxane. Oh, and, yeah. And to go sit there and, you know, the worst thing you want to do is, you know, put this burden onto the customers. You know, one thing when you had your water bill, you were like, wow, this is the only bill that you didn't mind paying. <laughs> yeah, so, right. but then we have a situation where we have the contaminants that are from from us, from detergents. We could, we could talk all day long, you know, like Tide. Tide's a perfect example yes. with the 1,4-dioxane and... You know, right now we have the AOP systems that are going in place, um, you know, with the state. You have a certain, uh, uh, you know, uh, regulations um, that came forward, um, you know, parts per, per trillion and per, per million um, was like 50 parts. Now it's down to one part that, you know, now who's going to be taking care of this? Um, you know, one thing that was important to me is is making sure that we're replenishing our aquifer, not with that we're depleting it, um, and making sure with the sewage treatment plants, I want to make sure we have the state-of-the-art state sewage treatments plants, like Riverhead, perfect example. That treatment plant has a microbiological reactor that takes out all the nitrogen, and we irrigate the golf course at, with the Suffolk County Golf Course out east. You know that plant very well. It was very, uh, for the groundbreaking to the ribbon cutting, how clean that discharge water is. It was so clean that when it went back to the lab to get tested, it get, got tested in Pennsylvania lab, they sent it back. They said, no, we, we, we got to retest this. This can't be. It was so clean. When they sent it back again, they were like, this is amazing. So we irrigate golf course, but in, during the winter, it then gets discharged and 
goes to the peconic. That's something that we need to make sure we fix. We have to replenish. And uh, that's something that uh, uh, I'm going to be focusing on. I do not want to be Nassau County. Nassau County did not plan properly. They went and they discharge out to the town. They discharge out to the uh, bay. And we got to make sure that we discharge. And it's going to be going back into our precious aquifer, which that's very important. That, in other words, our magathy is very important to all of us. Yep. And our water supply is us. We're 80% made out of water guys uh, it's just the truth and it's very important that we protect that and i will always always be there and this aop system that i was talking about <clears throat> excuse me 1.5 million dollars per well we have 48 wells that need to have these aop systems mm -hmm. to take care of these contaminants and that think about that that's close to you know 100 million dollars that we have to focus on and we are going after the detergent companies with Suffolk County Water Authority with a lawsuit, and it's looking very, very good that we will make sure we, we, uh, we get that, mon that money back so this way it's not going to be a burden on the, uh, the, the rate payer. The customer. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's terrific. <coughs> I was going to say that you know, we have a number of clients, water purveyors, and uh, the costs are tremendous. And is it, it's going to take a long time, I would assume, to s settle any litigation. Is the state anticipating any <coughs> money either with the federal infrastructure bill or otherwise to help these uh, water authorities, water companies? You, you know, it's so funny. I just found out that the, uh, the governor is down at the uh, education center with Suffolk County Water today. Um, so it's so important um, that she realizes it and we all realize it, that we have to take care of the – if you have regulations put in place, we need help from the federal government and we need from the help from the state. But – one thing about the Suffolk County Water Authority uh, with uh, Jeff Sable being our CEO and the staff, they're an amazing well-oiled well machine. And they we focused on this, and we made sure we did the lawsuit right away and looks something, you know, something's going to be happening with it. Um, so, again, we have to, uh, you know, have certain companies and certain um, uh, players responsible for, for this. But it's still on the shelves. That's where I don't understand it, that we can sit there all day long, sue them, and yes, it'll determine that, in other words, that they're the cause of the problem, but it's still on the shelves. So, you know, I look at this bottle of water here, right here, okay? And, you know, we look at, and I'm not going to name the names, but this water that comes in from out of the states is not regulated, but we're regulated We're regulated with oh South yeah. County Water Authority. Subject to less testing than the public water that we drink. So, right. you know what? So, again, we could talk common sense here. And I even said when we were at the Suffolk County Water Authority, I said, why aren't we bottling water and making it cheaper for the public? We could do that. So, to spend, I, I mean, this bottle of water, I think it's now $1.50. It could be $2. I have no idea how much this is. But, again, I sit there and I go, the environmentalists will be upset with us because we're putting it in plastic containers. Yep, single use. Okay. So, you know, Paul, yeah. Charlie, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. So, Sometimes we're, we're our own worst enemies with things, and I'm a realist with everything that I've done in my life. I'm a common sense type of person, but again, I'm very, very proud that, in other words, these AOP systems are going in, and Suffolk County Water Authority is, is a leader in protecting our environment and protecting our water supply for generations to, to come. So besides, I mean, it's been a year since you took office, right? Besides the, the, the water topic, if that is a huge pressing issue, what are the pressing issues you see are facing the Long Island region right now, at least from an environmental mm -hmm. standpoint? All right, so we have a major problem um, 2024 with the landfill. The Brookhaven landfill will be full. So everybody understands that. And I will say the Brookhaven town leadership with Ed Romaine and all the council people are very, very concerned with this. But we do have a solution. Again, do I feel it's a good solution? It's an okay solution. Um, when I go to Cavanta, do when I go to the um, waste energy facilities? Yep. It's amazing. And it's amazing how that generates um, electric, and it's amazing how it's really self-sufficient in a lot of ways. I don't know if anybody's ever taken a tour. Not that you want to take a tour for a garbage disposal, but really you should because you're understanding how important it is for our garbage needs. But, you know, 2024... This landfill is full, and right now we don't know where we're going. But Winter Brothers Recycling has a solution. Transfer station to make sure we're going to be railing out garbage to Pennsylvania and to Ohio. 
Now, it's amazing that they'll take our garbage. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. But that's what we need to do. We have to rail garbage off. If not, it'll be trucked off. Look at our situation now with the environment and look with everything that's going on. We're going to go then have more traffic. We're going to be hurting our environment. Yeah. And right now we need to make sure that this transfer station is going to be a go. It's a short line property, which is dealt, dealt with the federal government. It's rail right there. It's a perfect, uh, it's over 250 acres of property. And Winter Brothers is leading the way. And I will be an advocate totally to make sure that this is going to happen. And we're not sitting there kicking the can down the street. You know, before we need to make sure we have this fixed before 2024. Well, it's, we've got less than two years now, right? Uh, are we going to make that deadline? Or is it possible? <clears throat> yes, it's moving along. You know, a little, there was a little, I'm going to tell you, a little roadblock. Um, and I don't really want to get into that. And I think that we're, that's being fixed. But really on that property also, too, we need to have a waste energy facility like a Covanta or whatever the name could be, whoever would want to go there on that property. Um, because Brookhaven never planned for that because we had we had uh, waste energy facilities like in Babylon over in Smithtown and, and the Huntington one. So now you got to remember something. That ash goes to the Brookhaven landfill. And again, 2024, it's full. We're, we're very uh, involved with the Winters Brothers project, uh, not on the Winters Brothers portion of it, but the majority of that property is involved, and North Point Development is involved with that, and we're their engineers. Um, so I mean, I, I'm familiar with the issues, and like you said, not, probably not worth getting into right now, but um, it is so important, and that's, it's really the obvious answer. Charlie, I'm going to tell you something. We can't just sit there again, kicking the can down the down the road and saying, you know what, we're not fixing this. This is where government needs to step in and say, let's get this done. Um, for this to go to the town of Brookhaven for approvals um, is going to be a disaster because that's where you're going to have problems, and that will go past. Well, that's when it will go past the 2024 deadline. That's what I'm. That's what gets my pulse quickening here. You know, it's just the speed of government at times. Exactly, and you know, I can sit there and say, um, other states will take our garbage, ash, whatever it is. But again, if we did have the Covanta, instead of having 150 cars per day, uh, train cars per day, we then have had a Covanta. You would you knock that down? To like 50 cars just for ash and 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 certainly rail is better than trucking oh without a doubt uh, we can't way more efficient we, we can, look look what we just did with the long island expressway just to get that done that was a that was another thing the press conferences and to making sure we don't deserve our roads to look like the way they are there it is i'm a newly elected official and having all kinds of press conferences and sitting there even with 25a going from um, you know, from uh, Stony Brook all the way to Port Jeff uh, uh, Village, all that the roads. We didn't deserve that all the time, all that time, but we did get it done. Pushing, making sure the DOT. And I got to say one thing: I will give the New York State DOT a lot of credit. But our roads, thinking about something, pavement. I, you know, you're an engineer, Charlie. You understand that we did concrete. It needs to be concrete roads that are going to last a lot longer. Look at the east end of the Long Island Expressway. How old is that, Charlie? About 50 years. Okay, and look at it. We still have concrete. Yeah. With how long does asphalt last for, you know, how long does it last with traffic and, and if we have a rough winter and, you know what I'm saying, how long does it last really? Well, a big part of that problem is that it was put asphalt on top of the concrete, which is, you know, a restoration method. But I, I think there were other problems as to why that wasn't. Uh, okay, but I'm going to say 15 years that lasted, and guess what? 15 years, look at what we had to, de you know, deal with. Yeah. And it was just uh, it's just something I'm, I'm I'm proud of our tradesmen that have been working all these nights and doing a great job to get this done for mm -hmm. us because seriously, a lot of people called up our office and just so happy and pleased. You know, northern state, southern state, you know, from Round Swamp Road all the way to four fifty four, which is in my district. Just to give a heads up, my district is a little part of Huntington, which is uh which is East Northport, Dix Hills, and a little bit of Melville. Um, all the Smithtown. Setauket, Stony Brook, Center Reach, Quorum, Selden, and a part of Port Jeff Station. That's till December 31st. I will, I will be running. There's a new redistricting every 10 years. And the new districting lines now, I will be running for all of Smithtown and all of Huntington. So they change every 10 years. The redistricting lines get changed. 
I don't want to get into that what happened because that was the that was a very uh, terrible government at its worst. And um, I really again we don't we're talking about very important things and that yes, was something that sure. should have never happened. But yeah. but that's that's where my new my new line. So I was I was a little bit upset losing you know part of Brookhaven because. I did have close to 150,000 constituents that I was dealing with, which has a lot to do with it. But remember, this transfer station is for all of Long Island. That's right. Okay. Am I right by saying Absol- that? Absolutely. Nassau so and Suffolk. Hempstead, Coventa, that ash goes to Brookhaven Landfill, That too. is correct. Yeah. So we really, this is about all Long Islanders, and this is about, you know, um, f- us for our future uh, garbage needs. Not the sexiest topic, like we're going to be speaking about sewers, uh, but you know what? Oh, it's a necessity. It's the real world. It's a necessity. You read so. my mind. Next topic, sewers, right? <laughs> we, we, we mentioned it in your intro about Smithtown, Kings Park, St. James, the business districts. How important is that to, oh, to those good. areas? You know, and again, I'm going to commend my good friend Charlie and Leslie, you know, for all the years of them, you know, all the downtown revitalizations that we've done, which is so, so important. You know, I'll, let's talk about... Patchogue Village. Oh, it's amazing. It's I amazing. Love it. Paul Pantieri. Yep. He's my very dear friend. And he, look what he has done. I mean, he got some, you know, setbacks with a lot of things over there, but he stood tall. He made sure the infrastructure was put in place. Okay. That sewage treatment plant had to be there first. You have to have the infrastructure put in place. Made sure that happened. And guess what? TriTech comes in, one of the best developers here in New York State and around. One thing about that, those, the gentlemen. Um, Bob and Jim, yep. Coglin, unbelievable. And they went, they went, and they made sure they got the community involved. They got the community involved, and look at that downtown. You wouldn't have been there 10, 12 years ago. You would just, you know, pretty much you went there for, I remember my, you know, my wife with the wedding stuff. You know, you would go there for certain stores, but then you would get out of there. Now you're actually shopping. You go into the, you go into the restaurants. Um, you have the people that live in those beautiful apartments from from our young to our middle aged to our seniors that are living there, mm-hmm. and that's what that's our goal is to make sure that we keep everybody here. Not just everybody says, "Oh, we need to keep our." Young. Yes, I want to make sure that you know our young can stay here and, and afford those apartments and everything like that. They're fully they're fully occupied, and you know what? That's a perfect example. Now, Smithtown, let's talk about a diamond and a rough. That, in other words, Smithtown, great location to do the same thing, Main Street and Smithtown. I can say as large as maybe Patrick Village, but the same thing. I worked very, very hard with the town supervisor Wareheim, which I commend him so much. And I, you know what? I will say the town supervisor before that was there, you know, so long he didn't want sewers. He looked at sewers as growth. He looked at too much traffic, so he would roadblock it every single time. But again, we want to make sure it's the proper construction that would be done Main Street in Smithtown. Have your apartments above, your retail, your retail below. And you have a Patchog Village, just where you have your walking, you know, you have your walking foot traffic. St. James, perfect example. We made sure that $3.9 million, which I'm still trying to receive from the state, which that's another story we're not going to get into today. But that was $3.9 million that we received for a dry sewer main. And I don't know if you remember that. So we made sure when we were doing a downtown revitalization to do all the streets, we made, I've, I knew that the water main was... Um, 60 uh, plus years old and needed to be replaced because it was inferior piping back in the day. And it was, and it was not in good shape. So once I knew that the water main was going to be ch- getting changed, I went, we went to Senator Flanagan and said, while we have the street open and everything is open, let's get a dry sewer main that could go either north or south, no matter where it's going to go. Put a dry sewer main, get the pipe in the ground, because if you you're gonna, you if you do it now, at least it's done, because that's now almost 20 feet down in the ground. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? Senator Flanagan saw that. He says, you know what? You're smart. Let's do it because it's going to cost triple the amount if we have to do this later on. And we're not going to rip up what we just did with a little downtown St. James Hamlet. We made sure that we got that $3.9 million. Like I said, we're still trying to receive that from the state. It was a SAM grant. And um, that went in. And the town of Smithtown really stepped up to the plate because the COVID hit. More Governor Cuomo put a moratorium in on SAM grant monies. And next thing you know, but the town had to go then pick that up because the work started. The work started because you really have to start the work for them to see you to give you the money for the SAM grant. Moratorium gets put in with SAM grant monies, and the town had to foot out the money. But Ed Wareheim and the council people knew it was so important not to stop the project for our future because that could go to Jaredine. 
that can handle all 25 A. I was going to ask you, what's the status of connecting that to something? There it is. It's all connected. That's perfect. So we go down. So, so now they're actually with Peter Scully, which we're very, very um, um, close to with the Suffolk County, with uh, Steve Malone's office. And Peter Scully is the master with sewers. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's he knows what he's doing. And so we have a location, and I have another location that I was talking about, but uh, the Fairfield um, property um, apartments to do an expansion on that sewage treatment plant to handle the Lake Avenue. So that's being looked at right now. So we really need to make sure, yes, we had $40 million, $20 million for Kings Park, which Senator Flanagan back in the day, $20 million um, to help with sewers for Smithtown, which we did secure that money because we, it was, it there was an expiration date on that. So we did secure that money um, with, with Assemblyman uh, Fitzpatrick and myself to make sure that that money wasn't going anywhere, especially with the county and work the county and um, town officials like uh, Ed Wareheim with Steve Malone's office. They're working together and making sure that we secured that money. So we're going to be working now on the Kings Park, um, uh, King Park sewers, which is going to be moving forward, which we're really excited about. And then, you know, we're going to be working then on Smithtown. It's important for everybody to work together, and and you've mentioned people on both sides of the uh, aisle. Uh, you know, Mayor Pontieri has cobbled together money from so many different sources to accomplish what he's accomplished. He's looking and has you know helped connect properties that are outside of the village itself to the uh, to the treatment plant. And Ed Wareheim, Supervisor Wareheim, is also very progressive with respect to the infrastructure. Uh, and and you're right. The in the past there hasn't been that kind of uh, interest in Smithtown to do those things. No, but again, we have a we have a <coughs> a new supervisor that cares about the proper infrastructure. <coughs> Excuse me. He cares about proper growth um, and proper construction. It's just not going to be like okay, here you go. No, he's he's he'll sit down with anybody, um, but he's he's focused on making sure that it's going to be right for the town and the town can handle any kind of any kind of growth um but again king's park you look at that it's all of smithtown it's just been uh neglected in a lot of ways but guess what moving forward it's looking great i mean we just did a little hamlet in st james with the town even buying a piece of property that used to be in my old pubbery which i used to have a lot of fun <laughs> but they bought that property and they made a celebration park so guess what they took down the old building and it's a celebration park, and that's going to be for closing down the street streets and making sure that the people on the avenues and the street sides on the east side of Lake Avenue and the president's uh, streets that are on the west side, that you have that foot traffic. Mm-hmm. That's your goal. Not that you don't want other people coming from other towns. That's, that's fine. But you want that foot traffic. People can walk from their homes and go into your little hammock, go to restaurants, restaurants that bring retail stores, and make sure that we protect our mom-and-pop, our brick-and-mortar stores, and making sure that people, and no disrespect to drop shipping, but that's another story that I want to talk about also, too, because the drop shipping is, is really right now hurting our mom-and-pop and our brick-and-mortar stores. So, um, And again, COVID really, really put us in a spiral in a lot of ways, yeah. and it changed, it changed the demographics of everything, what we have done in the, you know, in the past. You know, we spoke about PFOS a little bit before. I'd like to go back to that a little bit. And how do you uh, find the legislature addressing those issues? Because uh, from my reading, it appears to be more of an issue on Long Island than upstate. Uh, are the, your colleagues from upstate show any interest in funding? You know, they've, they've been wonderful. I got to say, um, you know, it was something new for me. There it is your first day. You know, going up and you, you know, you're dealing with people that own bus companies and in the Republican conference. Uh, leader Ort is just an amazing leader. Um, he's from up in the Buffalo area. Um, you know, dealing. You know, we have do. Yes, there's a couple lawyers that are on board, and one one person that I really uh, is a mentor to me is Senator Lanzer out of out of Staten Island, and he understands. He understands everything, and everybody understands. It's not like you know. You know, I I know you have your certain things. We upstate and downstate legislators, right? But everybody's going to be caring about But when it comes to our precious water supply, they understand how important it is. And again, if we put regulations as as elected officials forward, there needs to be funding. And guess what? And with the federal government, yes. And with, because um, we did receive a good amount of money with the 
with the infrastructure bill. Everybody knows that with the federal government. So that's where we're making sure, and that's why um, I know the governor is down at the education center today, because now, frankly, if we're putting regulations forward, we need we need that infrastructure money to make sure we're taking care of these AOP systems uh, for our water supply future. And I'm sure you your dialogue with Mark Herbst, and we've had Mark on the podcast. There's a, a legitimate concern that in the past, the uh, when federal funds have come in, it's been used to uh, supplant rather than supplement uh, local funding of projects. Well. Everybody needs to be aggressive and be a voice and make it sure we receive the money. And, you know, just like, again, we were talking about the Long Island Expressway to receive that $175 million to go to our roads and everything like that. You know, that was people like Mark Herbs to be vocal, oh, have yeah. pref- press conferences. I always say this. Strength with numbers is, 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 a, is very important. Just like what we just had with the natural gas situation, with the natural gas ban that was going to be put into the governor's budget worked across the aisle, worked with people like Rich Schaefer, which he's a mentor to me also. But, you know, I worked very, very hard to make sure that that was going to not be in the budget. You know, natural gas is so important. Our propane is so important for still to continue. I am for renewable energy till it's perfected. And I'm very, very concerned to sit there and say that fossil fuels are going to be totally out of our lives like right away. No, it's going to take decades before that's going to happen. It's going to take decades before everybody's going to have an electric car. Very important that everybody, you know, understands, in other words, what was happening. And what you're doing is you're just, you're, you're putting another roadblock ahead of us that's so premature. And that's where I come in and I had my press conference at the town of Smithtown right on the steps of town hall to, to bring the right people forward. And what I did was, again, that's what needs to be done in government. When you are going to be putting a bill that you're banning fossil fuels totally, you need to make sure you bring certain people to the table, like Libby's, like, you know, with Mitch Pally's, which I brought at the press conference. Just just with Long Island Association, Matt Cohn, right? I, I brought, I brought he was at our, at, at our uh, press conference. Um, I brought in um, Pat Gadice from Local 1049. Pat, Pat came in and was explaining that right now, our grid can't handle what you're looking to do. Our infrastructure is not, Charlie, this is your, expertise here right now our infrastructure is not there for what they're trying to do in the next in in a couple years we need to make sure we plan properly not just to go and say guess what we're going to be all electric and that's it and you know what our natural gas which has a very very low carbon footprint okay and we we we, uh can reclaim any of the exhaust with with our natural gas and when these electric batteries have Expire life, what happens to them then? Well, that's another question that I've been asking everybody. I want to put a bill forward that says, what are we doing with these expired batteries that no one's planning on? Where are they going? How do we repurpose them, or what do we do with them, huh? Oh, I have, I have no problem. One thing about we were talking about the ash, I found that they, wanted, they, they invented something with the ash that, in other words, comes out that they can do something with pavement. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. At least, you, you know, you're recycling the garbage ash. Let's, let's do something like that. What are we doing recycling with these batteries? Do you realize that? Do you realize the electric car goes on fire? The fire department right now sit there; they have to let it burn down to the ground. You can't. You have to submerge it in water to to put it out. You can't just go there and just put. It, you have to let it burn to the, to the ground. One of these these electric cars. God forbid that was to happen. So really, the, I don't recommend anybody leaving that in the garage. Can't That's use the firefighting foam with the PFAS. Can't use oh, PFAS. Don't, don't go there, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, no, Charlie. Well, but again, you know, I'm very, very proud. Again, you know, Suffolk County Water Authority is always leading the way. Um, the education center. I, I, I recommend anybody wants to go over to Hopog to the education center to see what it's about and see that lab, state of the art lab. I've been there. Yeah, it's great. It really is. And you know what they they focus on, you know which I want, I would love to see them have field trips so our young generation understands yeah. how, how it all works. You know, that, the, you know, no one, everybody just thinks it's coming out of the faucet, where is it coming from? Our young, ch- uh, our kids, they really don't understand where our water supply is coming from. Upstate comes from the Croton, right? And that, and that supplies, the, the, that supplies all New York City. And right now we have a situation in Nassau County that there's three wells that are going to be reopening in Queens, that sits on the same aquifer that that feeds water to Nassau County. So once that opens up, so that's going to be taking supply away. 
Nassau County now is suing the city of New York because those three are going to be opening up. So really, we, you know, our water supply is very, very precious to all of us. Oh, it's, it's absolutely vital. And, you know, you've, we've talked about some of the environmental aspects here. And, and at PW Grocer, we recognize, you know, you can't talk about the environment without the economy. Um, what, what do you feel are the most prominent economic issues facing the Long Island region right now? Oh, boy. You know, right now we have a situation. Look what's happening with everybody going to the pump right now. I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel terrible. Yeah, it's coming down a little bit. You know, it's going up and down. You know, and everybody's saying that the, you know, the oil companies are making right now record numbers and everything like that. But you know, we we got to look into into that because that is I'm finding out is not the truth. Um, I really just feel that government wants everything to be, you know, re- renewable energy, which again I am for it till it's perfected. I have an engineer right here. Is it perfected, Charlie? I wouldn't say so. Okay, it's not. We're not there yet. When we're there, let's have a plan. Let's put it together. But to right now, not having that Nessie Williamsburg pipeline that was coming in that time, and it was shut down by Governor Cuomo, um, which was upsetting to me because we needed that supply. Do you realize that we we truck in when we have a load right now, especially in the wintertime? They truck in frozen natural gas with trucks. How are we protecting our environment doing something like that? That is the truth, Paul. Yeah, I didn't know Tru- that. Trucking in, did you know that, Charlie? No. Trucking in frozen natural gas, then it gets defrosted, then it gets pumped into the system when we have a capacity I, I load. Just, I assumed it was all a pipeline coming from you the, know, right, Pennsylvania or no, upstate. No, or they, have to go, they have to come in, and especially if there's, you know, right now the capacity load. That's the reason why right now you can't, you know, if somebody wants to build a building um, and the capacity is not there, Right now, NACRID is saying, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for it. Yes, one of the first buildings that we're doing is over in Bayshore, the old Toro College. That's going to be electric heat pumps. Um, and they're hoping that, in other words, look what's happening with California. California's having all these blackouts and all this right now because there's so much of a load that they can't handle it. True? Yeah, well, what's going to happen if there is a, a power outage for a week? And we've seen that on Long Island. So what happens with the uh, rechargeable cars at that point? It's seriously, it's not, we're not there yet. But again, I really feel in the future, it'll definitely be there and I'll be happy with that because I care about our environment in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. But you know what, don't, right now all we're doing is hurting the public right now, especially at the gas pump. We're hurting them at the food stores right now. Right now, look what the prices of food. It's just, it's just out of control. Inflation. Inflation's bad. Look what's happening right now also, too, with the cargo ships that are sitting out in the ocean right now, sitting there not being unloaded. What are we doing right now, Right, me being in construction? They c- we can't even get materials on the job sites. It's going to be a very much of a disaster with all the schoolwork that's going on right now, that we're going to be opening up our schools. And right now, they can't, right now, me being in the plumbing business, they can't even get, they can't even get drinking fountains. We're seeing that in all kinds of uh, work and between supplies and... Uh crazy what's going on i know but guys what needs to be done is guess what we have the national guard we have tried do what we do what we have to do to unload these cargo ships and move forward yes covid stopped production we all know that um and it what it did was it really put us in a spiral uh situation that you sit there and you say to yourself okay what's the solution you have we we got to fix this. We got to make sure we unload these cargo ships to get this economy moving. It's just hurting everything. It's hurting now. What they do is, right now, a builder is investing into building his building. Right? He has a certain price, a budget. Am I correct? Yeah. So what happens is, guess what? Can't get the materials. That delays his project. That delays him paying his bank payments. But guess what? Next happens. You go after labor. Labor right now is sitting there. Right now, struggling to even put gas, in, you know, fuel in their car to go to job sites, mm-hmm. to go, you know, construction is the backbone of the whole economy. Everybody knows that. And once that's going to, once construction hurts with this inflation, you know, th- this is ser- this is serious times that we're going to have. Listen, and I, I like to be positive, not negative. Well, it goes back to we, we mentioned the infrastructure investment and jobs act, right? So talk about construction. Uh, you know, and we're. Excited to see this get kicked off eventually, you know, and uh, as, a, as an engineer in the engineering industry, you know, it's going to provide a lot of work and jobs and, and, and everything else. Uh, as you said, construction is the backbone of the, uh, of the economy, right? How are we going to gear up to do this? Um, yeah, I can give you, for instance, you know, there's just 
Seems like unemployment's relatively, well, very low right now, at least what I'm reading in the papers. Well, I'm going to talk about that right now also, too. We have 6% unemployment in New York State. We have more jobs than people. That's right. Okay, so what are we doing? Right. The <laughs> problem is we're enabling. And you know what? I always say this to my wife. When you enable your children, what happens? Okay? You, I, again, I don't want to be rough about it, but this is the truth. What happened here with COVID and everything like that, we gave, government gave money out. Okay, we did have a situation, but it's continuing. And when you have 6% plus unemployment, when you have all these jobs out there, we as government aren't doing our right job to make sure we get people back out to work. That is so, so important. Um, and that's where the, that's where the problem um, lays. Uh, so me, I, even with the Plumbers Union, we had our members that were like, I'm getting $1,200 a week. I, you know, why? And then we had, a, we're in the central workforce. No, you're in the plumbing industry. We got to make sure that we're out there for the public. Not that you're sitting here because you're receiving $1,200 a week. So that was a, that was a, yes, it was important. We went through a bad situation um, with, with, you know, with, with COVID. Um, it was something that was, you know, unfortunate in a lot, a lot of ways. And, um, you know, we need to move forward and, and, and you know what, get back on the saddle. Let's go. Let's get things moving. And I think it's just moving a little too slow for me. It absolutely is because we're, we've, as you said, we've more work than we can do at our office. You know, we're, we're trying to hire, we're trying to find bodies, and it's, it's next to impossible. Okay, so again, 6% unemployment. We're not doing our job to make sure that people are getting back out to work and interviewing and getting things rolling again. So you know what? Government needs to do a better job. In, in your time in the uh, Plumbers Union, um, you've probably seen a lot of uh, changes that translate into environmental Going back to probably when you started, it was when they eliminated lead and solder. Um, and, and there's what other aspects of the environment has uh, have touched the plumbers union in those forty years? Well, I'm going to tell you, um, you know, the materials have changed so much. Really, you know, like with the PEX tubing, you know, from copper. I'm a copper guy more than PEX tubing. I just think that, in other words, even when you're drinking out of this bottle, I just think about. You know the same thing. Um, I just think copper is a, is a better product than than you know plastic. Um, but you know in certain in certain um, insulate you know where you're installing like you know with radiant heat and stuff like that. I'm I'm, I'm I have no problem with that. So um, has it has it changed a lot? Yes, I'm very very concerned about the natural gas um, because that's a big part of plumbers' work. Think about it: natural gas, propane, pipe, all that. Um, do I feel that hydrogen uh, is, is for our future for renewable energy that will be still, you know, obviously working with the plumbers? Hey, the you know, you know uh, the electricians right now, Local 25, they're, they're, they understand it. I even had NECA at my press conference saying that this is premature for us to do the ban. NECA, National Electrical Contractors Association. Imagine that. Charlie Gardner. <laughs> he was there because he said, this isn't, you know, we're not there. So that's what I did. I made sure... I brought the pop, proper people to that press conference. But getting back to you, your question, um, you know, I really just feel that, you know, in the future, especially for plumbers, the hydrogen power uh, is going to be something, something important, and that is a great renewable energy that I'm, I'll be something that I will be an advocate to help with that. We are, we, I have a bill that's going to be coming out that's going to be doing research, uh, research for making sure we're looking at um, hydrogen power for another fuel source. Yeah, I've become more familiar with that recently. Uh, and we've been doing uh, a lot of reading on it, yeah. for sure. Okay, Matty Arich, yep. right? Yep. NASA stuff, he's, uh, he's the hydrogen king. He's the hydrogen guy. And he's uh, very uh, vocal about it, and he's 100% right, and I will be working very closely with him That's to make sure. Him. Yeah, no, it's going to be important. We, we need to. We can't just have, think about something. We can't just say, okay, we're going to have solar panels. We're going to have wind. It, it doesn't generate. It, it really doesn't. Like, we have that wind farm that's out, out, out. Uh, on the east end, mm -hmm. right? What does that really generate, Charlie and Paul? Yeah. No, I mean, it was yeah. a great press conference. Yeah. But we need we need to make something that's going to contain that it could be contained that could be stored. And and you need a balance. I mean, yes. When you and I started in the business, uh, uh, nuclear power was a big thing on Long Island, and they were promoting all electric houses and everything was all electric was a great thing. Then electric became. Have as little electric as possible. Well, how now much? How much? What people got their electric bills, and what happened, Jolly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's what's going to happen again. That, that's what's going to happen again. And that's that's again, we need to have other sources of, of of fuel source. And you know, 
again, to sit there, you know, we talk about oil, that's off the side, but propane and natural our natural gas is so important for our future. It's not even this that. What about Lake, um, excuse me, uh, Main Street in Smithtown, when we're having the press conference, we're trying to do a downtown revitalization, and really restaurants are important for a downtown revitalization. Oh, absolutely. Okay. They're going to be cooking with electric or gas? <laughs> gas. Hello. <laughs> I got. If anybody's listening right now, you have chefs that, in other words, are going to sit there and go, what are you doing? Are you going to make me – it just doesn't work. So you know what? That's that's another thing that's important that we have to make sure that we continue with our uh, precious um, and a fossil fuel, which is our natural gas and our propane. What are your thoughts on geothermal heating and cooling? You know, that's going to be something that has to be engineered and everything like that. And I, I just – I see it, but I don't see it. So really, I, I really would push more hydrogen than uh, the geothermal. I mean, we, we do get heavily involved with the geothermal projects at PW Grocer, but uh, we, uh, again, looking at, like, this green hydrogen and all those, you know, interesting concepts and topics and, you know, how do you make them reality? Um, and we have been involved with a, with a hydrogen project down in, what was that, Point Lookout or Lido Beach area uh, with the town of Hempstead, you know. Well, we do have that one project, yeah. that one facility that, that has the hydrogen. Mm-hmm. That 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 was the first one along uh first one I think in New York State yeah that one the one project and I'm actually gonna go visit that one so I will be I will be pushing that but you know what I always deal with the experts which I got to say one thing uh Matty Arich with the uh, NASA stuff at Building Trades he's leading the way with this and he's being very vocal and we're gonna be putting something for a study with the state to make sure we get that moving so. That- I'm sorry, Paul, but go ahead. <laughs> it sounds like you're enjoying yourself as a state senator. No, I, you know, this has been a very interesting year and a half. Um, you know, I always say this, you know, your family's first with everything, and I'm very, very blessed with my wife, Terry, and my two daughters, uh, Jessica and Jamie, that they understand because I'm out a lot. I was always out a lot regardless. And, you, you know, you juggle your time and everything like that. But, um, you know, you know, sometimes you come home and you're discouraged. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, it's like anything else with your jobs. You'll sit there and, you know, one step forward and ten steps back. Um, you know, it's not fun being in the minority. I will I will honestly say that because you're sitting there and you're, you're begging. I just wish you were talking about a balance, mm-hmm. which there should be. There should be, that in other words, you get allocated a certain amount of money for your district. Every district. Republicans, Democrats, no matter what party you are, if you're elected. And that's the only thing that bothers me is that, in other words, when you're in the minority, you're like this. You know, you don't get that. And again, I'm gonna. I could sit there and say that happened when we had the majority. I don't know all that, but again, it needs to be a better balance. It needs to be so this way we're working together. Not saying that you're right now in the majority. You have total control, and you're getting a 220 billion dollar budget, and we have no say. So when you're sitting there and you're voting for something that has one budget that has nine billion dollars in it, and you only know where two billion dollars is being allocated. And the other $7 billion, you don't know where it's going. It's like an open checkbook. Really, tell us, if it's, is it going into your district? Like right now, $3.9 million I'm owed, town of Smithtown, excuse me, is owed for a dry sewer main with a SAM grant. And I'm sitting there trying to receive that money. So that money was going to go with the town footed it, that, you know, put that money out. That money was going back into infrastructure, sewers, going into soccer field, lighting. Yeah. Exactly. But they had to take that money out of the budget. And that's the only thing that's discouraging. But I got to say one thing, Charlie. Am I going to say that I like it? Yeah, no, I, I do. There's, there's great people on both sides. And I've always worked across the aisle. And that's one thing with Jesse Garcia when he was, you know called me up and he said, John Flanagan was um, that reseeking election. And you're one of the names that came up. And I was like, taken back. I was like. Really, John Flanagan's, you know, spot. I'm going to fill John Flanagan's shoes, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, And, again, we have different ways of, you know, of doing business. Um, He's he's 33 years being, a, uh, you know, an elected official that he's done an amazing job. And you sit there and you say to yourself, all right, you know, like my wife said to me, she goes, she goes, you've always been a voice. You've always been an advocate to help people. You've always been working together to get things done. And, um she goes, why wouldn't you just go try it? You know, why wouldn't you just try it? So guess what? I got the nod that the GOP said that they like me to run for the position. And I, you know, I won 63% of the vote in our area, which was really exciting. And then uh, you just want to get things done. I've always got things done, you know, good, bad, the ugly with the union, you know, to get things done. I've always been a voice, but you know what it's called compromise. And I've been a compromised person, even at home. Compromise always works. 
You're going to be stubborn and be one side and you're like, no, let's get it done. Let's roll our sleeves up and let's try to get things done. You know what? So the last year and a half has been interesting. We've got some good stuff done. Um, I got some, you know, co-sponsoring some, you know, um, legislation with the, you know, with the others, with the, uh, with the Dems, you know, with the democratic side. And it, um, again, that's what you're supposed to do. This yeah. isn't like, you know, we're, we're people right. we're elected, you know, the, the public elected us to do a job. And, um, it's been very interesting. I'll say this whole conversation has been, um, and <laughs> I th- we've covered just about every topic I had on my, my list except for one. And, um, so we'll, we'll just, we'll wrap up with this. Um, and it pertains to the former Kings park psychiatric center. Um, you know, any, any idea what's going on uh, future? I mean, this could be possibly a regionally transformative potential project if, if we do it right, or what are your thoughts? Okay, so I've always had good thoughts for that property. Me personally, this is yeah. Mario speaking. This is back in the day, I'm going to tell you, 20 years ago, and Charlie probably remembers this because we go back a long, long time, and there was a master plan that was coming in to wanted to purchase the property. Just so everybody understands, back in the day when – Governor Pataki was governor. He called up <laughs> Supervisor Warehouse, uh, excuse, no, excuse me, Supervisor Vecchio at the time, called him up and was going to give the property for a dollar. One dollar to the town of Smithtown. And the Supervisor Vecchio actually uh, said no. He says, uh, no, he didn't want to deal with it. He didn't want nothing to do with the property. You know, who knows what the cleanup and everything like that. We, You know, you don't know. There's tunnels. There's no as-built. There's nothing that you could, un- you know, we just did a whole water main through the whole property, and they were they were hitting everything over really? there. Well, they were hitting tunnels and, and yeah. stuff like that. So, Okay, but that property I look at should be a Northport village. I look at that property down there, both slips, and a beautiful village concept. And that was, that was actually a developer's plan um, back 20 years ago, came forward to the town, and the town didn't want that. So there's a master plan with the, with the state. And it's pretty much a lot of some restorations on some of the existing buildings. Not the big building, eighty three, whatever it's what number it How is. How many acres is that property? Oh goodness, I think it's I, you know, that's a good question. I think it's four hundred and something acres. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, that's right. Am I right? Yeah, it's, like it's over four hundred. So, and there is a there is a master plan right now, and the civic, um, and the chamber is involved with Kings Park, and they're involved to work on the master plan. It's a lot of open space. Um, there was a couple acres, uh, like 53 acres in the front that the town was trying to do something with the state, with us, to use that for parkland, for, you know, soccer fields, baseball fields, um, you know, walking. It was going to be something good, but that didn't look like that. Um, the Civic and the Civic was, was not interested in that happening. Um, you know, there is matured forest over there that, you know, is something that, you know, the, um, the Civic leaders are you know, concerned about that if that was going to be touched. Um, but, you know, there's buildings there that need to be um, demoed, they demolished. They need to be, co- they need to come down. Oh, we yeah. all know that. And to be honest with you, to do that, it's going to be the environment, you know, the asbestos, you know, so it's, it's, and both of you guys, Paul and Charlie, you know, you know how important that is. And that needs to be planned properly. And that costs a lot, a lot of money. So, Right now, there is a master plan for a lot of open space, um, you know, um, um, you know, uh, walking parks and all kinds of uh, ideas with the state. And uh, we'll find out more uh, how that's going to be planned out. Right now, it's just it's being thought of, and they are working on it. Did the town uh, hire someone to develop the master plan, or did the state? The state. The state's working with the Civic and the Nesquag uh, State uh, Foundation. Um, they're working together. They're working together with them, and that's you know the community is important. That's the community input is very very important. Yeah, I could have my views, what I feel. Um, again, like I told you about the beautiful Northport, um, Northport Village oh, concept. Yeah. yeah, and you know that would generate you know again there it is the uh, local community, and again I don't want to I don't want the up you know the town right now to be forgotten about. That's not that's not the case here. But again, that I look at boat slips, I look at restaurants, I look at, you know, nothing great. Just a nice quaint little village would be perfect down by the down by the water. Sounds like a great idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I love yeah. Northport. Yeah. Oh no. It's beautiful. It really is. We go there all the time. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's that's what we had. Um, but before we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts or comments you want to add? Something we didn't touch on or any, anything that comes to mind? Or Well, what comes to mind that this election that's going to be coming up is going to be very, very important in November, November 8th. Um, everybody saw exactly what happened with the primary. And um, I'm very, very concerned about the future, the way we're, way we're heading in New York State in a lot of ways. Um, you know, um, it's just been um, we need to focus on um, – Obviously, what's happening with inflation. We need to focus on making sure we're protecting our environment, like the discussions we had here today. Yep. Um, but we still need to make sure that, again, this natural gas situation is very, very important. This garbage situation is very, very important. we got to make sure that we focus and get the job done and to work on both sides. So I, I will always do that, um, but we need to focus on the you know what's happening also, too, with our... Uh, our police, our public safety, which is so important to all of us. Um, I said this, and I'm going to say it again. I know this is about the environment, but we need to make sure that we repeal certain laws, get the right people to the table, the professionals that deal with, with, with these problems, and come up with a solution, not just to go and put a bail reform, and next thing you know, this is running, it's at, this is out of control in a lot of ways, what's happening with uh, public safety, and we need to make sure people feel comfortable when they leave their homes, um, when they leave their f- their front doors. Okay, and um, I really feel again the it needs to be repealed, um, bail reform, and start off fresh and get the right people to the table, just like the PBAs, the district attorneys, and the judges, and making sure that they come. We come up with the proper um, uh, bail reform, and. Um, so, again, we talked about public safety. I talked about the environment. I talked about inflation. These are the three major um, um, concerns that I have that we need to make sure we focus on. Uh, totally agree. <laughs> Charlie, anything you want to say before no, we wrap up for the no, day? It's, it's all been covered. It's, uh, again, I said that. You've been a great guest. Absolutely. Great Senator, guest? <laughs> hey, great Thank guest. you so much. Outstanding, actually. <laughs> wow. Very lively, and we appreciate your time. So I just want to wrap up by thanking Senator Mateo for, for his time today and, and his insight and thoughts and his, his commentary on, on the environment. It's been enjoyable to hear and refreshing and, 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 and in certain respects. And, Charlie, again, thank you for your time as a, a repeat offender here on the show. <laughs> We love having you. And uh, I do. I want to thank our listeners today for joining us. And I'll wrap up. Again, the best way to reach us, www.pwgrocer.com backslash podcast. I'm your host, Paul Boyce, President and CEO of PW Grocer. And we're going to sign off for today. And again, thank you for listening. This is the Environmental Echo.